Is the development of sophisticated educational technologies a cornerstone of improving nurse learner engagement and ultimately patient care itself? Let's talk all about it with Certified Nursing Professional Development Specialist and Consultant Renee Davis right here on episode 267 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I love having you along for this ride, whether you're new to the show or you've been hanging out with me on this journey for months or years. Thanks for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is, of course, all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, technology, medicine, and beyond. And did you know that Nurse Keith Coaching is your one-stop shop for all things related to your career? That is correct. I offer individualized holistic career coaching for nurses and healthcare professionals around the world. And if you mention you're a listener, you get 10% off your first coaching package. So email me today at keith at nursekeith.com and we can schedule a complimentary consult to explore how coaching can help you have the most satisfying life and career possible. And today we are welcome friend of the pod, Renee Davis, a nurse with a passion for education and technology. And Renee, welcome. And I want to jump right in and ask you, how can the use of technology in nursing education improve patient care? Hi, well, good morning, Keith, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I am a fan. Um, I've listened to a couple of episodes, and um, they've really been um, they've really been very insightful, and, and um, I've taken some notes along the way here and there. So, thank you. Um, absolutely. So, with regards to educational technology and how um, it has it, it impacts nursing education and how it impacts um, patient care, when we think about um, education uh, in nursing, especially we're, we're now in this year of the nurse and uh, the year of the nurse and the midwife, which is amazing. Uh, when we look at the trends in education and how we've been doing things uh, over the past few years, we definitely can use a reboot. We can use a, um, a restart, so to speak, uh, and, and getting away from those older methodologies of kind of standing and delivering and uh, delivering our education, moving more and using that, that technology that is in the space that we're in and, and using the technology that our students, that our nurse learners, as I call them, are coming in with, mobile devices, laptops, tablets, et cetera, and how we can use that with a purpose and how that impacts patient care and that we're now seeing a more engaged learner once we start integrating the technology that they're coming in with. And that engaged learner is going to have obviously um, increased content retention uh, because now they're more engaged, they're more focused. They will have better knowledge. They'll be able to, to better transfer that knowledge to patient care, which we're then going to see a decrease in patient errors due to an increased engaged learner. So it definitely has a direct impact, but oftentimes, and my, for the educators that follow me or that are listening to this podcast, they can definitely relate to the fact that it's very hard to equate at, at our outcomes to positive patient outcomes um, but it's there, but it's, it's, it gets lost in, in education uh, outcomes, definitely gets lost in, in the weeds sometimes when it comes to patient care outcomes. Uh, but it definitely has an impact. We have different generations of people coming through the nurse education um, 
industry, right? Coming through nursing schools. So we have people who are, you know, my age in their fifties who are entering nursing yes. from other Mm-hmm. careers in industries, possibly where they didn't use a lot of technology or maybe where they did, right? And then we have professors and clinical leaders in nursing education, perhaps, who right. are not that tech-friendly. And then you have the ones like you who are really tech-friendly. So, but this is the 21st century, right? So correct. these changes have been necessary. We can't educate our nursing students without using various technologies because one, you're like you're saying, we have to engage them. And do you find that the engagement of the learner is the same across the generations or are there challenges or struggles or tweaks you have to make to keep different generations of learners, you know, really interested in what they're learning in nursing school? Well, absolutely. There definitely is a challenge when you're working with a mixed generational uh, group, um, and that's what we're that's what we're facing right now in nursing education and academia. Uh, as you mentioned, you have some folks that are second career folks that are of the you know in their fifties or late forties, fifties, et cetera, or, or if not even older, which is which is amazing, right? That that they've right. decided to find their calling in nursing, and they're taking that leap and and joining into a career. Um, more so than not, though, the, the majority of the new hires that our hospitals and clinics and even in home care are seeing are millennials. And so millennials are now younger. Now we have our Gen Z population that's going to start to um, infiltrate the workforce. Right now, they're still in the, the academic setting, but they're coming in, they're trickling into the workforce. And so it does present a huge challenge for educators to be able to um, incorporate and integrate educational technologies. And when I say educational technologies, I want to be clear that it's, I'm not just talking about, you know, your PowerPoints or, you know, I'm not talking about just those things. I'm talking about platforms that will actually facilitate and enable learning, right? When you really look at it, PowerPoint is, is, a, is a software. It's an application. It's, it's, you know, it's there for presentations. It's used in business. It's used in corporate settings, you know, for presentations. It's not necessarily an educational technology tool or platform. In terms of bringing in all of the, those generations, you know, our, our baby boomers, our Gen Xers, our millennials, our Gen Zers, there are ways, it, this, transcend, this can actually transcend a generation where you can have the, the more seasoned generations helping our, uh, the, the younger generations in terms of their communication, mm-hmm. perhaps working together in a group. Um, if we put them as an example, if we put them together and to do some group work, um, some collaborative work, which technology can bring people together as well. I know oftentimes we're looking at it as a very isolating situation with social media and things like that and, and all of our kids and things just kind of heads down in the phones, but it can be collaborative as well. It's true. If we use it perhaps um, in group work where you have a mixed uh, generation setup going on, a generation mix happening, where you can have perhaps the, the more um, seasoned uh, nurses or nurse learners coaching or, or helping the, the younger ones with communication and properly communicating uh, to patients and amongst the care team. And then you can also have the younger population in that group, the younger generation coaching and teaching the older generation on how they can use technology to help with their patient care, right? How they can use these apps for, you know, looking up medications and mm-hmm. um, patient education, right? And point of care right at the bedside. Um, and that is, a, a lot of it is also a mindset shift, right? This is, this is not just kind of throwing in 
you know, some sort of educational technology platform just for no reason, because, you know, the dean of your school might say, you know, you got to start using technology more. It's using it with a purpose, but also having, you know, uh, that mindset shift. Oh, yes. It, it really, that's, that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion, anyway. And, and from the reading and the research that I've done is that a lot of it is, is a culture shift. We have to move away from doing things the way that we've been doing it, which was something that even came up in an interview that you did with the um, chief innovation officer over at Ohio State uh, School of Nursing. Oh, right. That's Tim Raderstorf. Yeah, of course, because we're always doing that, right? We're always trying to default to right. what we know. And that happens in patient care. You know, I did a podcast and wrote an article not that long ago about the seven most dangerous words in healthcare, which yes, is, I, I read but that. that's the way we've always <laughs> yes. done it. And yeah. I bet you hear that in the nursing education world all the time. Like, but this is the way we've always taught med surge, or this is the yeah. way we've always taught statistics. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up this notion of, you know, the older generations have something to to teach and coach about and the younger generations have this facility with technology and i remember when i was in my bsn program at the university of massachusetts back in um oh my gosh 1999 2000 we were trying to do this web-based learning where one of our we were the cohort in amherst mass and then we had a cohort in worcester mass or boston i can't remember okay and they were using that very very early technology where both classes could be taught at the same time and one class would be on okay. camera and we could see and hear each other and this was a long time ago mm-hmm. a quarter century ago almost yeah. and it didn't work very well and it mostly wasted a lot of time and mm-hmm. i've seen you know all of this technology has changed so much in the last 25 years it's amazing and i love it all i think it's all really cool yeah. and <laughs> there are people out there who don't and right. We can engage people with technology because we have different strategies and techniques and technologies at our fingertips. So what about the concept, which I find fascinating and I want to get your take on it, of gamification? And I know that's not, that's probably, gamification is probably something the younger learners have already encountered somewhere. Yes. But what does that really mean? So gamification, um, it's, 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 well, it's better definition is um, using game mechanics and game elements, excuse me, in non-game situations, right? And so um, I follow a lot uh, Carl Kapp. Um, both of those names start with a K, and he is a leader in um, instructional technology and specifically gamification. And so I, I follow him often. Uh, I forget. I think he teaches in uh, Bloomberg uh, University. That name sounds for Bloomberg, Indiana, I believe. Um, and so Bloomberg. Yeah. So he does a number of webinars and 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 online courses on LinkedIn Learning. And it's it's uh, especially regarding this um, feature. And gamification has been around for quite a while in many different forms. Um, and we, we, we use gaming um, often, you know, in nursing education, but sometimes it was in the form of like putting together a puzzle, you know, for like team building exercises, right? And so we've used gamification before, but this is really taking it to the next level in terms of incorporating and integrating it into our lesson plans within nursing education. And so that is something that we're seeing I have three small children and they're all using gamification. They're in elementary school and they're all using gamification. They all have laptops, all their grades. This is where education is going. And so by the time 
these young folks, these young eyes get to nursing school, they're ready. They have their devices ready and they're ready for the next game. They're ready for the next something that is, that is their expectation when they come into nursing school, when they come into any of these um, institutions of higher learning, like they're, they're ready to go um, with that. And, And as educators, we have to be at least a, a couple feet ahead of that and be ready for them. Um, and that's, that's, that's what I've been pushing. Well, Renee, I want to ask you a quick question, though. What does gamification really mean? Like, if you're interacting with a piece of software as a student and there's a gamification element, can you give a concrete example of what a learner might encounter? Because someone listening, especially maybe an older listener like myself mm-hmm. might have heard the word, but we don't really know what that means. Even if we maybe we've encountered it before. Sure. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes we don't, we don't even realize that we're doing it, which is the beauty of using it within education is that the learner doesn't even realize they're learning anything while they're playing a game. And so gamification has these elements such as points and leaderboards and, you know, who's, who's in the lead mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, races and things like that. And so when you, implement that and you integrate that into your um, lesson. So for example, you can have your regular lecture that we're used to dealing with, right? The stand and deliver. Um, And then right in the middle of your lecture, you can do a little knowledge check, right? And, And break out a game, have your students take out their devices, which 99.9% of your students will have. That's true. Know, they're going to have it. And if they don't, they can make a friend and pair up with them. That, that's fine too. Um, but take out their devices. And there are tons of free gaming platforms, gamification platforms that the educator can launch right in the middle of the class, have it ready before the class starts, and then launch it whenever um, he or she is ready and have that learner participate using their mobile device, answering questions. And what's interesting is that gamification and, and, and some of the elements of it in terms of polling and things like that, they can also um, keep that anonymity. So we do have some students that are not really big on raising their hand oh, and things like that. Um, but that, that can help where you're not forced to put in your name or anything like that. You can just answer questions where whether it's going into like a word cloud or whether it's going into a poll or whether you're answering questions and you you start having a leaderboard you can put in a nickname if you'd like you know in terms of those folks that don't that want to participate but are just like kind of shy still and they don't really want to put themselves out there but when i've seen yeah yeah, but when i've seen when gamification when i've used it you know in education both in practice and in academia i mean the level of engagement skyrockets literally before your eyes because everyone if you really think about it everyone has a competitive spirit everyone does especially adults sometimes adults more than kids not me renee and so uh, i i I don't know keith i I get the sense that that you're you're a heavy competitor (laughs) yeah it's true play backgammon with me and my wife Uh, is always like why are you so competitive yeah so we we all have a competitive edge now when you intersect that with learning it is amazing um, because you're seeing it happen right in front of your eyes and the, the learner doesn't even notice it's, it's happening. And then when you bring it back after the game has taken place, so you, you know, you've answered your questions or you've taken your polls or you've won your, your race, you know, if it's a race on, with the, if the game element is some sort of racing factor where, you know, the more questions you answer correctly, the, your, your, your piece moves, you know, up the, you know, up the board, the, visual the electronic board so to speak then 
it starts to that's something that they'll remember right like just like just like storytelling storytelling is, has become very big in nursing especially in nursing education because most people remember a good story right they'll remember that educator that talked about their experience with what have you as it related to whatever concept that they're talking about so similar with gamification most learners will remember oh yeah i played that game where we were talking about joint commission patient safety goals and i won um, help me <laughs> and, and it won, i won yeah. or, or conversely oh you know i i came in you know last place and you know i remembered that game and i was we were trying to uh, learn or um, about, you know, IHI standards right. and, and things and like I, that. I knew so, I should have put those policies and procedures in the trash. Absolutely. I forgot absolutely. to shred them. <laughs> right. Scaven scavenger hunts, right. Gamification is scavenger hunt. And I've seen gamification just with speakers, motivational speakers, like my friend Renee Thompson, Dr. Renee Thompson, she uses at her seminars, I've experienced where each person in the room has this little um, gadget where they can respond to a poll and then the poll numbers show up on the screen, you know, within several seconds. Correct. That's, that's so the use of clickers. Right. Clickers and where it's anonymous too. So you don't, no one knows if you got the answer wrong. Correct. And so, so clickers. And so interestingly enough, clickers are still being used in circumstances like those and in, in speaking engagements like those and also um in the college mm -hmm. uh area where my concern with that is that clickers are all well and good but my concern with that is that that's an extra cost for students that are already um broke anyway yes so, so there are uh educational technology platforms that they can use their mobile devices and it's free. Mm -hmm. They don't have to purchase the clickers. It's free. Um, or you don't have to purchase a bunch of clickers for your audience and then make sure you get them all back. And cause that was something that, you know, that was something that we used also when I was um, working in a, in a corporate nursing education entity where we used clickers, but we had to account for all the clickers and make sure we got them all back. And, you know, that can become problematic. Because each one costs $225. <laughs> yeah. So that's a huge cost. And then it's a cost if we're using it again in academia and we're requiring students to, to purchase it. I know that there are some schools that are still doing that. And, you know, they everyone has their reasons if they don't want to have the person use their their mobile device, but they're using it anyway. So my whole point is just use it for a purpose. They're they're going to be going to take it out anyway in class. If you're going to be on Instagram anyway, you might as well have to do something yeah. useful. I mean, it, it happened to me. I, I was asked to, I was teaching a transition to nursing professional practice class for a, one of the schools that I teach for that I'm adjunct faculty for out here in New York. And the class was their cap, was a capstone class. So it was a six hour class. So that's one strike against me. It was in the spring semester. So that's another strike against me. And it was on a Friday. So that's three strikes educators out the door. Right. And so I had to figure out innovative ways to um, engage these learners. I had 30 senior nursing students that were pretty much, it was me and their door to graduation. That was it, you know, it was me plus a couple of other, maybe one or two other classes, but it was their capstone. So they were also in their clinical. And um, I had to figure out ways to engage these learners. I mean, I, I brought in speakers, um, but other things that I did was I used um, polling and, and gamification and they were taking out, they had their devices anyway. And prior to teaching this course, I had mainly taught online. So I hadn't taught in person 
in a very long time. And so the culture had changed so much. So I walk into the class and what's in front of me are devices and the back of laptops as they're, you know, flipped open. And that was a huge culture shock for me, even one that uses technology. And I preach about using technology and integrating technology on a regular basis, but it was even a shock for me. And so I said, okay, well, if we're going to have these devices in tow, then let's use them with a purpose. That's really smart. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your history, where you've been, where you are, where you're going, sure. and a little bit more about innovations in nursing ed and the return on investment for the industry, you know, for prof our profession and also for the educational institutions. So we'll be right back with the second half of the Nurse Keith Show, episode 267. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N com forward slash nurse keith and if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me please consider referring them and if they become a paying client you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me and there's no expiration date on that credit so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most and remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits what an incredible deal and please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember that the show notes are going to be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 267, where you can learn all about Renee and her company and the work she's doing. So we are speaking with my friend and colleague, Renee Davis. And Renee, where are you speaking to us from? From New York. From New York, that's right. And where are you working right now? So right now I'm working from home. Um, I am self-employed at this point. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And you're the CEO of ProDevo Design and Consulting. So you're a certified nursing professional development specialist and consultant. You've been a nurse for 18 years and you've done all sorts of stuff in the clinical arena, ambulatory, med surge. So you know what you're talking about. It's not like you just came out of a PhD program, never having been at the bedside. No. <laughs> so, And you've been in nursing school. You have an MSN, an RN, and, you know, there's, there's something to say for having the experience of having been through school and been at the bedside. So we're talking about technology where it benefits us in terms of 
being in the classroom and making sure learners engage and remember stuff that we teach them. So, and right before the break, we were talking about the notion of gamification and what are the other technologies that you feel are emerging right now in, in education? Is there anything you're particularly excited or enthused about right now? So there are tons of things and I'm so happy that you asked me that question yeah. um, because uh, uh, when folks take a look at my uh, website and you take a look at my blog, I actually have um, a two-part blog um, piece on the emerging trends in education. And so, and these are these are trends that I look at, not just specific to nursing education, but also just education, uh, higher learning education in general, as we can definitely adapt things for nursing education. So I like to I like to look outside of nursing often to see what other industries are doing around their corporate training and development and then other programs uh, within higher uh, learning institutes, so within colleges. And so I like to, to incorporate that and adapt those. And so some of the things that I'm seeing is definitely an uptick in the use of social media in education, right? Our students, our nurse learners, like I said, I, I call them, which pretty much is an umbrella statement that I use for learners in academia as well as professional development, so nurses in practice. They're on all elements of social media. So we can definitely use that um, definitely in, in, in academia where we can perhaps have them create a group within um, you know, Facebook or Twitter even uh, to talk about or have discussions about the topics and then bring that back into the class the next day and, and where they're having their discussion among themselves and then can share that with the class and with the educator. You know, and just kind of different ways of flipping the classroom using social media. Mobile learning, of course, is huge. Um, all of these areas, gamification encompasses mobile learning, polling, all of these these areas of educational technology, if we make our learning more responsive for mobile learning, so meaning that we make it uh, smaller and more bite-sized, so mobile learning and micro-learning tend to go together hand-in-hand hand because that optimizes it for our learners so that they can have their education on the go. See, the thing is, is that our learners today, our 21st century learners, they want to access their education anywhere, anytime on the go because that's what we are. We're a society, we're, we're, we're a society of movers. We, and especially nurses, right? There's tons of uh, memes with nurses on roller skates. We're deskless workers, right? We, we have to be on the go. And so what are we doing given that we are always on the go? Um, what are we doing to help with that? And so the use of, um, I'm also seeing uh, an uptick in virtual reality and uh, augmented reality, right? Ooh, talk about that. Let's, okay, so... A lot of us have heard of virtual reality and maybe some of us have been at like an art installation or a science museum, or we have something at home where we use virtual reality. So some of us have, have um, encountered that and some in the learning space. What is the difference between, I'm glad you brought it up, virtual reality and augmented reality? I have no clue. So can you please explain? So, um, they are very similar in that virtual reality, typically you will have um, the, you'll have the glasses, like so the, 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 the yes. head, head pieces or the, the headgear, headgear uh, yeah. where you mm -hmm. can then, you can see objects uh, in a different form. And, and um, so you've seen a lot of folks using that in video games. Um, if you have like those gaming centers where folks are putting on these glasses and you can see, it, it really immerses you in this virtual simulation. And so, um, and it's funny because when they, when this first came out, it, um, it was very costly. And so no one was really 
getting into it too much, but the cost has gone down tremendously where you're seeing these things in Best Buy, you're seeing these things in, in Bed Bath & Beyond, <laughs> you're seeing these headsets everywhere. But what's, what's the difference though? Like is if I'm doing virtual reality, which puts me in a space like, you know, I remember going to this art installation here in Santa Fe a few years ago and I went to the space and I could actually like get on an elevator and feel like I was going up to the third floor and getting out of the third floor and looking what was there. And then, so I understand the virtual part, but if it's augmented, is that where, you know what that makes me think of? And this might be a silly example, but it's the only thing I can come up with is Pokemon Go, that yes. game around yeah. the world where people are in their own space, like you're on a street in New York City, but you also you actually see one of these Pokemon characters or figures on the sidewalk, right? Right, right exactly. Yeah, is so, that what you mean by augmented reality in a very simple form that you can explain to someone not so smart about it like me? No, you're very smart about it. That's, a very, that's actually a really good um, analogy. So augmented reality, it, it projects the images in, in front of you in, in a fixed area. So you kind of, you, you put your, your device like on, a, on an area that has been set up for augmented reality. And it, it just kind of projects uh, these images in front of you, like on your on your phone, on your iPad, etc. Whereas virtual reality replaces what people see and they experience, um, but that augmented reality it, it actually adds to it, so it, it takes it kind of a step further. Uh-huh. And then you also have mixed reality where you can mix the two of them. Oh my gosh! So eventually, I could picture in I don't know how many years you could probably tell me your your estimation, but I could see something where you're actually a student is in an augmented reality um, enabled classroom and you can actually have like a, a patient scenario that's projected into the room right. where you don't, you're not actually even using a, a dummy, but you're actually using something that's digitally created. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So actually, that was even done, um, and it was uh, highlighted and featured on, on LinkedIn, uh, the folks at uh, UPenn Nursing. So I'm going to kind of shout them out here. Cool. Uh, yeah, Marion Leary. Uh, Marion Leary, and the, the, uh, she's the Director of Innovation over at UPenn Nursing, and the folks over there, they've actually been posting um, often about some work that they did with us teaching CPR using augmented reality. Ooh. So that's exactly what you're talking about. Really? So and I'm not that, replacing the medic- I'm not that no, off? You're no, not, you're not that far off, no. And oh. if you think about it, even using virtual reality in replace of, let's say, you know, simulation is, is huge, you know, especially in nursing education, in medical education as well. Right. Too, right? So, um, and simulation is not going anywhere. I think it's an awesome uh, platform. I think it is a great method and medium for learning. However, um, when you think about it, these those high fidelity mannequins, they can be quite costly to maintain. True. Uh, you know, if one of them blinks out, we're, we've got problems. Whereas um, in virtual simulation uh, situations, you basically have the headset that you are maintaining, so to speak, which I'm imagining, I, I can't quote actual numbers, but I'm imagining the the dollar amount is, is a lot less. So you're going to start seeing schools moving a lot, moving closer and closer towards virtual reality and virtual simulation. Mm. However, virtual reality and virtual simulation, they're still, it's still, they're still perfecting. It's not a, it's not a perfect science yet. So even though it's been out for a few years now, there's still, and, and the cost of the headsets is going down and you're seeing more and more people using it. 
it is, it still has some imperfections. You know, I remember using it at, at a museum, like you just mentioned in, in your example, using it at a museum out here in New York, in the city in Manhattan. Yes. And, um, you know, the headsets after, you know, this is a museum, so a number of people are using these headsets. So first of all, from a hygiene perspective, that was an issue for me, um, being the nurse yes, that I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one thing. But then also after a couple of folks, the headsets started to, blink out a little bit or you know the 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 staff had to come and rejigger some things or plug things you know so and it's technology right i mean that it is what it is but it still gives you that immersion where you're almost absent of the the physical world around you um so if you've ever noticed folks using virtual reality and and having the headsets on them it's almost you know it's almost a safety issue as well because you have to make sure that they're not running into walls or things like that because they're they're absent from the physical world so right so there's there's ups and downs to the uses of technology anywhere and people sometimes obviously these days can complain about the ways in which technology can separate us from real life. So that's a thing. And, you know, we often talk about the ways in which our phones keep us separate from real life. When you see, you know, four people out to dinner, they're all on their phones and they're not talking. So, you know, maybe they're nursing students engaged in, you know, a gamified um, program, but I kind of, I figure they're probably on Facebook or Snapchat or something. Right. That's probably what they're doing. Um, If we can, integrate these technologies and we can cater to, which as, as educators, we have to cater to the preferences and expectations of our students. Like you said, the younger students are coming in, they're like, they don't want to just sit and read a book or look at a boring PowerPoint. And I don't blame them. And I feel like here's an opportunity to, to kind of blow up education and, and turn it on its head and figure out a new way to engage people. And your your thesis here, what I'm getting is that if we use technology correctly in nursing education, one, we have highly engaged or more engaged students, so they're learning more. It has a ripple effect among all the, the cohort of students because everybody then has to participate, right? You have to keep up. And then right. when you get onto the workforce, mm-hmm. When you encounter novel technologies, maybe you'll be a little more comfortable figuring out, like, how do I use this new EMR? How can I become a super user? And then absolutely, your other contention, which you mentioned on your website, and we've already touched on here, is that that has a ripple effect into patient care. Because the more patient care technologies we encounter, then the more we have to continue to have increased facility with these technologies. So it's sort <laughs> right. of like, instead of a vicious cycle, which we talk about when something negative is happening, this is sort of a positive spin, a positive cycle that's happening. So absolutely, tell me a little bit about and you, of course, we don't want to call out anyone in specifically, of course, but there must be nurse educators out there, maybe older ones, who are like, you know what, this is really lame. I don't really want to get involved with all this stuff. It seems so superfluous or silly. Is that happening in education or have we moved beyond the resistance so unfortunately, and, and, and again, as you said, uh, when you were asking, when you prefaced this question, I don't want to generalize, right? I'm sure that no. there are several educators that are think, trying to think differently because that's really what it's about, right? Steve Jobs was onto something, uh, Steve Jobs from Apple, when he said, just think differently, right? And so I'm sure that there's a lot of educators out there that are thinking differently, but you do have a large amount that um, are not because, you know, for whatever reason, they've had negative uh, experiences with technology or 
you know, they feel that, you know, the, yeah, like you said, this is lame and this is, you know, this is really not for me. And yes, I'm, I'm still seeing it out there. I, I recently went to, attended a conference, a uh, teaching and learning conference and education conference. And it wasn't just for nursing. It was a general conference for, for, um, at an academic facility. And, um, there was another, uh, adjunct, uh, in nursing that I was, uh, standing with as we were looking at the program just to kind of see what breakouts we would go to. And there was one on instructional design. And so that piqued my interest because I have a huge appreciation for instructional design and their principles. It's not that different from the nursing process actually. And so that's probably why I tend to gravitate towards their, their principles and their concepts. And so I said, Oh, this will be, this is really interesting. I'm going to go to this, you know, we're just talking about our program. And uh, I, I just, I vividly remember her saying, you know, Oh, that's not for me. I don't, I don't need to hear about that. I don't do, I don't do technology. You yeah. Know, I don't, I don't, like, I don't need to know about design and technology and no, I don't need to know about that. Right. It's like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Are you, are you sure? And <laughs> yeah, I you, mean, and, and so I didn't really know her that well, so I wasn't going to probe. I said, oh, okay, well, and it was, it was an awesome breakout because it was something different. And I guess for me, I gravitate towards something different. I, I that's kind of how I've been throughout my entire nursing career. Um, and I found my passion in education and just, but, looking at the efficiencies or inefficiencies, so to speak, and how I can fix them and how I can kind of be part of that movement to change the mindset of nursing education and nurse educators. Mm, that's, that's really great. Now, there's, there's this concept that you wrote in the stuff you sent me for helping me prepare to interview you about something that I don't have any understanding about. And you mentioned this concept of design thinking. So can you explain design thinking and how that way of looking at the world can benefit a nurse? What does that mean for them out in the, the working world? Absolutely. So design thinking has been a concept um, and a framework that I've been reading about over the course of about a year or so, but it's been out for decades. Um, it is not something that is that has typically been seen in healthcare, specifically in nursing, until most recently, until probably the past one to two years that you're really hearing it uh, talked about more in healthcare and then also in nursing. Nurses, we're natural born innovators, right? Um, and educators, we're, we're, we have the potential to design, right? And so really looking at design thinking in healthcare um, I actually wrote a blog on it recently because I started really chipping away at, well, what is this concept? I keep hearing about it. What is happening with it? And it's been, like I said, a topic of conversation in other industries for many, many years. And it's basically just a human-centered approach to innovation and problem solving. That's, that's really just what it is. So looking at the, the, the person or the, 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 the people that we're impacting. So in nursing education, we're impacting our learners. True. And thus impacting our patients, right? Because our learners are, are about to go and take care of our patients, right? And so looking at how we are impacting them I see. and seeing okay. how we can design our thinking and our education based on what, how their preferences right? Their learner preferences, mm -hmm. you know, so, so using that human centered approach, so it's kind of like customer, customer experience, right? And, and it's been very big the, over the past few years, as far as patient experience, 
what about the learner experience? As educators, we're nurse educators, yes, so our first hat is, is a nurse, is, is, a, is as a clinician, but then we also have the hat as being an educator. Uh -huh. And so, but are we putting the learner first? Or are we putting ourselves first? And oftentimes we see that we are in an instructor-driven or instructor-centered world where it's about how we want to teach and how we are going to convey this message. But really and truly, the learners need to be in the driver's seat, especially now in the age of all this technology when they can be in the learner's seat. We don't have to, in the driver's seat, we don't have to hold all of um, the education anymore because guess what they're gonna go as soon as they as soon as we say something that sounds a little off as an educator they're gonna fact check us right they're, they're gonna go on their devices in the middle of class right and so you know what let's use Google and tell them okay if you have a question Google it don't use Wikipedia Use yeah, any use other resource more, uh, right use something a little more, um, a little solid, more solid that can't be edited but yeah, but that's, that's really what design thinking is about, is, is, is using having that understanding of a human-centered approach and using that to tailor your approach to solving some of your issues in this situation around, around education. Wow. Now, as we begin to wrap up our conversation, I want to talk a little bit about your company and what it means for you having been a nurse now for almost two decades, right? You're, you're, you're past 18 years now as a nurse and you've started your own consulting company basically and ProDevo Design and Consulting and that's at ProDevoGroup.com. And what is it that you actually do? And if an educational institution hires you, what actually happens when you work with them and what are you trying to help them accomplish? So, as you mentioned, I am a, um, in, in the very beginning, I am a board certified um, nursing professional development specialist. And yes. so that's a, a lot of words for basically a certified uh, in nursing education, specifically in professional development, though, and so mm -hmm. nurses in practice. And so what I do is I consult with mainly schools, uh, but I also work with uh, professional development entities as well to enhance their learner engagement, their nurse learner engagement with the integration and the leveraging of various educational technology platforms. So I help them to maximize their learner engagement by optimizing the, the, the use of the platforms that we have, you know, at hand. So I see. not necessarily buying things and, and, you know, using what you have, what your institution has, what your organization has from a technology standpoint. Okay. Well, how can we optimize that for, um, better learner engagement. So really what I want to do is I want to empower educators with the knowledge, the mindset, the confidence, and those tech tools to create memorable, meaningful education. I see. That's a good, that's a good elevator pitch right there. How did you decide? Let's just go for the entrepreneurial journey for a second. Okay. How did you decide that you were going to start a, an agency like your own company and have you completely um, stopped working as a clinician like I have? So, uh, yes, I have stopped. Uh, this April will be two years ago that I left uh, my prior employer um, with a lot of love and support, by the way, from my prior employers. They have been so supportive and standing by me all along the way because this was not an easy decision. Um, it took me a couple of years of deliberating on, on if I wanted to do this and realizing that entrepreneurship is not easy. You are so true. Um, because I'm working. <laughs> You're so right. I, I'm working 
a lot more than I did when I was working um, before. Now, I put in a lot of work there, too. I don't want my prior employees to think I was doing nothing. But yeah, so I decided after a number of years uh, working as a uh, nurse educator, both in academia and professional practice, I saw that there was a gap. Hmm. I saw that there was a need and a hole that needed to be filled, for lack of a better analogy or a better term. I noticed that learners were not engaged. I noticed that learners were coming in. And this, again, transcends all generations, right? Because we have older folks that are also coming in with their devices too. So, you know, and they're using it on a regular basis, just the same. And so I'm noticing learners coming into um, our classroom situations, again, whether it be in um, professional development or in academia, and they're just not, they're not there. They're they're not engaged. They're not able to do, um, to complete simple return demonstrations. They're not able to, you know, show minimal competency in certain skills that we're taking all this time to teach and that go and, and time to prepare. And that goes back into that ROI that you mentioned in terms of that return on investment. Educators invest a lot of time in creating education that you know is 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 um relevant and necessary for their nurse learners but a lot of time using platforms that learners are just not that that's just not how they learn anymore right that's the 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 stand and deliver and clicking through slides is and reading slides or or having you know an entire chapter on one slide that's just not how learners can learn anymore. They need to do, they need to apply, they need to be part of the learning experience, especially the learners that are coming in now. And and I don't want to negate, again, other generations, more seasoned generations that are coming into the profession, but we're, it's, technology is not going anywhere. And so as educators, we need to really embrace it um, and see how we can innovate with it. And so I decided to, when I saw that, that gap and I saw that educators can use my help, I decided to, this is what I was doing in my prior role anyway, is that I was helping uh, the sites. I worked for a large health system out here in New York, and I was helping a lot of the um, individual hospital sites and their departments of nursing education put out education that is engaging and, and interactive, right, and getting the learners involved and not just having them click through slides and get to that inevitable post-test, right? And these were these are simple things. <laughs> these are simple things that, that we can do, but oftentimes, especially in professional development, time is not there. And that was what I was hearing a lot of, that there was no, there's no time to, to, to learn about these new platforms. And so what I wanted to do was create a, um, a, a way or a service for educators to use my expertise, my passion, my skills to better create and uh, create their educational offerings and engage their learners. That's great. And, you know, you're joining that, the growing army of nurse entrepreneurs who are doing something out of the box. And it's really wonderful. And you've designed online and instructor led curricula for nursing students. You've worked with educational institutions, obviously, but also healthcare delivery institutions. And, you know, you've designed CEUs and all sorts of resources, and you've been a leader in nursing education here. And, you know, having gotten your BSN and then your MSN, your MSN was focused on 
on what? What was the the degree? So it was actually as a clinical nurse specialist. Oh, clinical nurse specialist. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was as a clinical nurse specialist. Um, I I wasn't I didn't realize my passion for education until I I started. I became a clinical uh, instructor oh. as just another job. One of the many as nurses we can hold about a, a myriad of jobs at the same time. And um, I think I was touched by my, I was really influenced by my um, clinical instructor when I was a nursing student. Hmm. And so I wanted to, I felt like I can give that back to nursing students. And so that was when that education bug hit me, was when I was doing that and when I was doing home care, surprisingly enough, as home care has a huge education element in there, but it's education for the patients, um, but it's still education. And so I, I really gravitated towards it and loved it but I was already in my clinical nurse specialist program. So I completed that for my master's, but I had a f- special focus and concentration on education. Great. Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, thank you for being out there and working to improve nursing education, because that's what we really need right now. We need engaged learners who are going to come out here and well, take care of us <laughs> and, um, and our loved ones in our communities. And we need people who are really interested in being those who, who come out and then lead the next generation of learners, right? We need, because the technology is not going anywhere, Absolutely. like you said, and like my friend Tim Raderstorff has said that, you know, innovation technology are here. And whether it's AI, augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever it happens to be, we need to get more and more comfortable. And with the younger generations, you know, the millennial generation taking over leadership everywhere, because they're the largest segment of the workforce now. And millennials aren't like, quote unquote, young anymore. I mean, my son is an older millennial and he's, you know, he's in his late 30s. So, they're entering leadership anyway. So let's give them the reins of, <laughs> um, let's give them the reins of the tools to just go out there and do it, right? And just make innovations that are going to help nurses learn, help nursing students learn, and engage everyone in creating better outcomes, which is what we're all after in the end, right? So, you know, even I figure. What I do here is kind of tech-based, right? I'm talking to people around the world and, you know, I'm not doing patient care, but everything we do can Mm -hmm. touch patient care if we inspire someone. It is absolutely impacting it. It is absolutely impacting patient care in a very real way. If you really look at how it trickles down to patient care, it, it impacts them in a very, very real way. And given that education is so is can be somewhat abstract, um, and this this is education in general, right? Um, it's unfortunate that you know education, while it's so important, and we're usually the first ones that's called, you know, if there's a new initiative or something like that, it's also one of the first things to get cut. That's true. And so, you know, it, it's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate that the value of it is still not really seen, but, and because it's somewhat of an abstract concept, you know, in terms right. of tying people's performance strictly to education, it, that, that it's, it's very hard to do that, to right. quantify that. And, you know, when it, that's the challenge. Thanks for being out there doing it. And people can find you at prodevogroup.com. That's pro D E V O group.com. And we'll have links in the show notes to, your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, and 
your logos and a couple interesting slides you sent me that are going to be embedded in the show notes. And also several things you mentioned throughout the show, including Carl Cap, he's at carlcap.com, Marion Leary over at UPenn, and also I have a link to your post about design thinking from your blog. And there's also an there's also an interesting post about coronavirus. So there's lots for people to check out over there. Yes. And uh, just not to uh, cut you off, I just wanted to, again, give a, another quick shout out to Marion Leary and the folks at UPenn regarding design thinking. That is not my framework. Um, that is not my concept. It is something that, um, you know, like I said, I've been reading about for quite some time now. And the UPenn nursing actually put out a whole Course, a whole course layout, um, basically, on design thinking for healthcare. And so they, it's, it's a, has a plethora of modules you can read, you can watch, there's, there's activities that you can do. And so that's what I've been learning from about w- with regards to design thinking in healthcare. Um, my take on it is how we can use this design thinking framework in nursing education. The design thinking uh, framework is main for healthcare is mainly about you know direct patient care mm-hmm. um, and innovations you know directly in the clinical arena. But my takeaway from it is, hey, how can this be used in nursing education? So I don't I don't want it to be misconstrued that that is my framework or my concept. That is sure you course. know definitely not mine. Um, it is something that actually originated at Stanford University and has been having many iterations over time, but the um, UPenn, the folks at UPenn Nursing have really put a great spin on design thinking. And I think it's really something that um, institutions and schools of nursing should really look at a little bit more closely when it comes to um, laying out their curriculum. Right. Well, maybe there's one listener out there who's an educator or a dean or something, and they're going to take this and run with it and hopefully give Renee Davis a call and give ProDevo Group a call. So Renee, thank you so much for being here and adding to this ongoing conversation about improving nurses' careers and patient outcomes and nursing education. And thanks for doing this great work in the world. Thank you so much, Keith, for um, for meeting with me. This was This was a great talk. I appreciate the time. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember, the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 267 to learn more about Renee Davis, ProDevo, and everything we mentioned during the show is linked in the show notes. And did you know there are job listings and other resources at nursekeith.com? You can find jobs from Reload, Trusted Health, Incredible Health, ZipRecruiter, and Renee was talking about evidence-based information. Well, in the resources section, you'll find OpenMD, which is a free search engine that takes away all that extraneous stuff from the internet and gives you just free evidence-based medical information. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Cappy-Speason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Anyway, this is Nurse Keith signing off from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico and Renee Davis bidding you adieu from New York, New York, New York. New York, New York. All right, Renee, thank you so much. And we will catch everybody next time.